Hey, hey, you're listening to The She-Wolf Show. We all have a little she-wolf inside of us, so howl it out, ladies and gents. This is a real and refreshing podcast. We're talking shop. We're getting real. We're telling the truth. And we're interviewing some really amazing people. Stay tuned. Jen Cox, I am so happy to have you. I feel honored to have you on the She-Wolf Show since you have created a much more professional, clean podcast that I'm obsessed with and listening to all the time, but it's super motivational. So thanks for being here. Jordan, thank you so much for having me. I'm pretty excited to have a conversation with you today. Awesome. Well, we've had a lot of real talk conversations. I um Miss Bozeman, Montana all the time. And you were one of the first people that kind of reached out, welcomed me in a true Montana fashion. And my first impression of you was that you were just like this flowing waterfall of knowledge and you were like, fine to share all of it. And it was, it was really, really my first Bozeman, Montana, like non-competitive co-opetition experience. So thank you for that. Wow. Um, if your listeners could see me, my jaw's a bit on the floor and I might be blushing. That is, that is the most beautiful sentiment I think anyone has ever shared with me. Um, but I do think that we all have an opportunity to share our resources, share, share our passions, share what we've learned with each other. And we're not going to, it doesn't help anybody if we hold that back, right? Yeah. So I'm glad that you felt that way. And um, yeah, I, I'm glad that we continue to collaborate where we can. Yes. Well, you were all about collaboration. And while we're, we'll get into the failure nitty gritty, but while we're on the subject of collaboration, um, tell us how long Beautifully Equipped has been live and happening. Wow. Okay. The Beautifully Equipped podcast launched officially in September of 2017. So I guess you could say almost a year and a half. It's funny. I don't know if you've run into this with business and other people, but we actually started it two years ago next week in the planning. And we all had this, this idea, as you mentioned, it's a collaborative podcast. So there are other partners and we, we kept saying to ourselves, well, if we were just doing this on our own, we would have launched so much sooner, but Holy cow, we would not have, the product that we have today. And there's just so much thought that goes into developing a business, whether that's a podcast or, you know, you're, you're creating something in brick and mortar and to do it collaboratively means having tough conversations, hearing each other. Oh my gosh. So I could go on about that forever, but yeah, it's been about a year and a half. Awesome. That's amazing. I, it is fascinating to kind of watch, um, especially as trends and audio is growing and growing, right? Like we're just like wanting to digest everything we can while we're working and listening to podcasts in the background or driving or, you know, whatever it is that um, we're multitasking, folding laundry, and we're feeling inspired. And so I think as audio continues to grow, it's interesting to watch people come up with their own versions of that and kind of pivot and figure out which works best. And you, you ladies have three hosts for your podcast. So that's a whole other level of collaboration is having these three alpha type females come together and say, 
this, this, these are our goals. These are our values. How do we make sure that we communicate that through this new venture? Right. Right. And I think for some listeners, some of my fear, I'll just be completely transparent. Some of my fear is that it seems a little schizophrenic. Like what are these ladies up to? Because there are so many personalities, but at the end of the day, we do spend, we do spend some considerable, excuse me, we do spend some considerable amount of time talking about, okay, what's this, what's the North star for this podcast and how does it fuel us as individuals Mm -hmm. and how can we align that? So it's not quite all over the place, but having three voices is really interesting because you get so many different perspectives that it's, it's been fun. And I learned something from them every, well, every time we meet, every podcast we do, it's ongoing. So it's super fun. I have to commend you guys too, because it's, it's, fun to hear people disagree and it's in a very like loving and respectful way but I love that at times you know whether it's the guest or one of you will say something as you're talking about kind of a harder subject and and someone will say you know I have to disagree with you there like this has been my experience and I just I think that's really important because as you're bringing up some of these subjects that are um, can be controversial or can be personal um, and to have those different points of view I think it's awesome because I think what's happening in today's day and age, you, we have these people that we really idolize, right? Like we have, like, I love Gary Vee, you know, I listen to Gary Vee, he motivates me, but there are people that almost worship these figures and listen to everything they say as if it's gold. And if you take it out of context, it can mean something totally different. And your experience might be very different and your path might be different. And so I think to me, I think feeling brave enough to say, Hey, like I, I don't agree with that. And let's continue to have a healthy conversation around that and have different points of view um, as we talk about this subject. Thank you for saying that. It's funny. Um, I don't feel like we do that enough. So I'm glad to hear that you like that aspect. And I, I, I kind of feel like we need to turn it up. Um, there's that fine line between, I don't know, the fine line between almost journalism and reporting and wanting to respect the people we interview. Right. And sharing our own voices. And I, I struggle with, you know, how do we have more of a voice individually? So I'm super thankful that you said that because, I think that's something that we could potentially turn the volume up on maybe. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, th- I mean, in, in today's like political climate, I mean, I, it's just very interesting to me that people that I've been friends with my whole life, there are certain conversations we just can't have because people are not comfortable with that, not comfortable with being disagreed with or being called out, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, so they could feel mm-hmm. that way. But yeah, I think you guys do a great job with that. Um, so while we love to talk about, we love the podcast interviewing podcasters piece of this. Um, I really want to get down to the nitty gritty of you because in the future, we hope to have all the beautifully equipped gals on the She Wolf show. So you started as an agency marketer, correct? Yes. Worked in marketing for, well, my entire adult career. (laughs) in one way or another, um, whether it be in-house on a marketing team for a company or at an agency, kind of done both. Mm -hmm. Right. Awesome. And then you kind of transitioned into your own venture, entrepreneurship. Here we come. Yes. So I I don't know 
I don't know how many of your listeners feel this way, but for my entire career, I'd had this gnawing feeling. Um, and it was like, okay, marketing's great, but how am I giving back to the world? So I found myself like, oh, I'm going to take a month and I'm going to go volunteer my time in Africa, or I'm going to, you know, sign up for the food bank or none of them ever happened, but they were these ideas in my head of I've got to give back some way. Right. And so I thought, well, I, I know marketing and I currently work in an agency that doesn't have any clients where I live. So I'm completely disconnected from my community, which by the way has, and <laughs> this might be a false stat. I might be lying, but um, I think I heard recently that it has the highest number of entrepreneurs per capita in a, one county in the U.S. And so there's entrepreneurs everywhere. And I thought, well, why don't I start my own business? And the focus will be on helping entrepreneurs understand marketing so that they're spending their dollars wisely, so that they're not feeling like they're throwing away advertising that's not working. Well, note to self. I am the marketer who didn't do her own marketing research. Not having been an entrepreneur before, I didn't realize that if you're starting a company, you're wearing every single hat. You're the oh, yeah. accountant. You're the sales rep. You're the web developer. You're the, I mean, you are everything. And you don't have time to take on new learnings and be trained by somebody about how to think about marketing a little differently and then act on it. And so while the idea was great and I've had a handful of clients in the last four years that have been like that, what ultimately ended up happening is I was basically an agency for an agency. So I would contract my services to agencies and help them with strategies for clients, marketing strategies, media buying, thinking about you know goals and really who is the target audience and then managing the, the project management piece of it. And so it's been... Oh, it's been awesome. And I have, I have worked with some incredibly talented people, but what ultimately ended up happening is I had multiple teams of freelancers and contractors, both under my own client contracts, but also through agencies. And it kind of felt like I was a yo-yo on a string. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it would be eight hours of meetings in one day, mm -hmm. try, just trying to figure, you know, and, and everybody is, well, not everybody, but the majority of the people were contractors or freelancers. And so it was like, I, I, I don't have access to them on a regular basis. I can't physically sit down with them. You know, we can't brainstorm and ideate. And it, it felt like so much of my time was just hurting people mm. around, you know, like oh, yeah. kind of like hurting cats. Yes. And so, I, and so do you want me to just keep going? Yes. Yes. Cause I'm like, okay. no one can see me, but I'm over here with like the preach emoji hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and so if something interesting happened this time last year, right at the cusp of 2018, I was goal setting and I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do in business. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make X amount of revenue and I'm going to go after this type of client or this work with this agency. And then somebody asked me, you know, why don't you take a look at your goals in the lens of how you want to feel? And that was like a holy shit, full stop. All of these goals are great, but the way I'm going to go about them needs to change dramatically. Like, interesting. And the answer, yeah. That's such an interesting because exercise. I, I, so, what do you do? You wrote down, like, these are my goals. This is like a, a measurable goal, but then this is how I want to feel about that goal, or this is how I want to feel once I've achieved it. 
or during the process? I mean, how does that, how does, how do, to me, it's like, that's a separate part of your brain. How do you kind of marry that together in, in a goal setting exercise? For me personally, I had already written down the goals. Right. And so when someone said, well, how do you want to feel? I took it as how do I want to feel in life? Yeah. How do I want to show up? How do I want to like, at the end of the day, when I'm having dinner with my husband, how do I want to feel in that space? How, and at that time, I felt absolutely crazy. I felt tired. I felt stressed. And the mm-hmm. only thing that came to mind is I want to feel calm mm-hmm. because I'm already type A and I'm already like, I give myself my own stress. I don't need the rest of the world to, I mean, I just take it all on. Right. And so I was like, okay, I want to feel calm. And so suddenly I was looking at my goals and the projects that I had, had on the docket for contracts. And I was like, holy cow, none of these people make me feel calm. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I can work with these people. So all of a sudden it changed. It didn't change the actual measurable goals, but it changed how I went about them. Right. Which was really interesting. And it took me to the point that we're at today to really examine what that means. So you had mentioned that there is transition on the horizon. Um, And so through that, like, okay, how do I want to feel? It not only was the people I do it with, but my environment and what I need. And it's funny, turns out I'm someone who likes routine. I wouldn't, I would not have known that because I'm the one in in the household who wants to change everything all the time. Like, oh, well, I'm going to, maybe I'll change jobs and we'll sell our house and we'll go somewhere for, I mean, like, I just want to change it all at once. And so I didn't realize I needed routine, but not having a consistent team to work with was really hindering that, right? Yeah. The routine and consistency ended up coming to the top for me to, to like make my daily life feel calm. And so as of December of 2018, because granted, none of this work is easy, right? Right, right. You're like, um, it took a full year and I had been toying with the idea, okay, this isn't the space I want to be in. I've got all these freelancers that are incredible and all these people that I work with and I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. So what's wrong with this, right? And so I thought, okay, the business model that I've created isn't working for me. Right. So I could just start a marketing agency, create this consistency, build a team. And I thought, you know what? I'm not ready to start over again. And in all honesty, I don't know that I truly have the entrepreneurial spirit. I, I don't know. You know, having a podcast and having my own business and going out and doing it is one thing. But I don't know that I have the drive that, like you do, Jordan, or that, you know, so many of the entrepreneurs that I know have. So I, I took a look and I said, you know, it's not, it's not time for me to build a bigger business. Maybe it's time for me to go work for somebody else for a while. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm really excited about it. Good. Congratulations. I think there's so many internal conversations that I'm sure you had through that whole process. Like as you were talking, I I was just like, yep, been there or yep, you know, feel that or totally can relate to that. And I think, you know, for starters, admitting that you're going to like throw in the towel, I guess, is, is part of that internal conversation that I'm sure happened throughout that whole process. I'm sure you're thinking, okay, I really want to have a healthier structure. I want to have some processes that are already in place that I can build off and improve instead of creating my own. I really want 
you know, all of these things that you talked about. And then there's that other nagging thing on your shoulder that's like, but you built this company and what is it going to look like, you know, air quotes, um, if you leave this company and you go work for someone else or what is it going to sound like to people or what are the clients and the, and the other, you know, project team members that I work with going to think about me and, and whether or not this was successful if I'm going to make this transition? Yes. There has been a lot of that in the last, <laughs> well, there's, there's just been a lot of that. We'll just say, you know, over thinking about this. And, but at the end of the day, what I kept finding myself doing was wondering if, you know, one of my favorite clients would hire me internally. Do I, do I bring that up? Um, wondering if, if certain people were, certain agencies were hiring. And it was, it was in the back of my mind so much. Oh, that wow. the idea of, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's been something that I've been toying with and planting little seeds for at least six months. Um, and it's funny when you say something out loud enough times, it does happen. I did have a lot of reservation though. Like, is this, is, am I failing at what I'm doing? Right. And funny enough for every person that I have shared this transition with, the only person who even suggested or asked about failure was my mom, which is really interesting. Um, and she didn't actually say, do you feel like a failure? But she was dancing around it like, mm, so how do you feel about closing your business? Are you okay? And the answer is, I am so okay. Like, right. I have a renewed, like, a renewed sense of excitement about what I'm go going to do next. And I don't know, I think a lot of people could feel like they failed or look back at like, mm, that just wasn't the right thing. Why did I do that? That was a big failure. But the learning has been immense. Mm -hmm. Like in the conversations that I've been having with the company that I'm starting with on January 2nd, holy shit. Um, <laughs> I am second. so excited. Yeah, I know. Um, I am so excited to bring the skills that I have learned from working in an agency and then being my own, well, really contractor for marketing, but the learnings and the growth around just business models and working with teams and leading and how I can help them grow yeah. is so exciting. And then I have like your A team that you just look to and you say, you are the designer. You're the only designer, <laughs> you know, or you're the design team. You're the only design team that I have to wrangle. I think, um, kind of my own personal like failure story, I guess, really results in to, you know, or, or relates to She-Wolf. I think, you know, similarly, two years ago, two and a half years ago, She-Wolf started as a collaborative agency, which was, I was so passionate about. And then to, I too became like this herder of cats. And every time I asked everyone who was involved, like what the most valuable piece of this collaborative work together was, they all said like, oh, really, it's the community. It's really the fact that I know you now and I trust you enough that I can ask you how you handled this for your own business so I can, you know, take advice for, for my own business. And that was kind of mind blowing to me because I mean, I was like busting my ass, like bringing in work for everyone. I was busting my ass, like improving processes for everyone. You know, I was doing all of these things so that we could be a better collaborative team, but it just ended up highlighting and kind of shining a light on all the things that all of us needed to work on individually. Right. And 
again, all remote. And it, that is exhausting. And a project manager like that, you have to love that shit. Like you have to like love the organization. <laughs> you have to love Gantt charts. You have to love like working backwards and making sure everything gets done. You have to like be able to put out fires. I mean, that is, I think in, in my, you know, short, short lived like entrepreneurial stint, I have realized that, that I would say that is the most valuable position for, for any project. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's gone right. It really does. It makes or breaks it. It makes or breaks the deadlines. It makes or break how well the creative is developed, you know, what's put out there. And there's funny, a woman, you know, Kira Stoops, she jokes that I have, wow, gosh, like some sort of crazy spreadsheet prowess. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but there is something to be said for process. Yes. So it probably doesn't surprise you that needing a little routine and a little consistency, I love process. I right. love Gantt charts. I love, you know, all of that. But I think what gets exhausting is that, well, excuse me, what gets a little bit exhausting or um, puts a negative spin on it when you're the only one looking at it, when no one else is paying attention. And I don't yes. know if you've run across that in, in some of your collaborations. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're the only one paying attention to the deadlines and then you're hammering emails, to people like, remember, 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 you know, that gets a little bit crazy too. Yeah. But I do like what you said about your own collaborative team with She Wolf and how at the end of the day, what everybody was getting out of it was their own personal growth about how to run their own businesses better because you're leading by example and you were giving them access to people who had knowledge that they didn't, which right. is invaluable. It, it shocked me too. And I, I, there were so many times when I would feel so frustrated about that. Right. And I didn't set out to really be the project manager, but because the majority of the clients that kind of came through were people that I knew, or, um, I just kind of became that trusted person. And because I was kind of the, the alpha of she wolf, I became the leader and ever, they all kind of looked at me like, what do we do now? And when I, when we set out and we, we built it, it's, it was really like, well, you tell me, you are the social media manager. You tell me what we should do next because you're bringing that piece in. I really want you to own that. And there's all kinds of challenges that happen with working with people that are used to working for themselves, right? Like, so working with freelancers and creatives and people that are their own boss in a project where you were kind of put in this boss position or this project manager position, that's a totally different ball game because you don't own them. They're not your employee. They have their own systems and processes. They have, and now they have their own tool. They have their own project management tool. They use Asana, you use Trello, whatever it is, right? And so I, I don't know if you dealt with this, but I just felt like I had to make everyone happy all the time. And so I kept like purchasing these tools and softwares for us all to use to like really help us communicate and stay organized. Um, and it just like, it felt like it was never ending, you know? And then mm -hmm. again, it was, it was the tool that everybody used on a primary basis. So like for if Basecamp was the, the tool that we were using for the project, for example, like I had to ping people over and over and over and over again to, Hey, participate in this conversation. Hey, reminder, you have a task to, Hey, what are your thoughts about this? And I think with the way the world's moving where all these people are working remotely, right. And, and are starting their own businesses it's, there's a pro and a con to everything. I mean, it's like, yeah, I can, I live the laptop life. I could take my laptop to Bali and work from there, whatever. But 
there is something missing when you're not in the same room, really bouncing ideas off and you're not dedicated to that meeting. I mean, even if you're on a video call, how many people are doing other things while they're also on the video call? You know, I mean, to have people, exactly. the energy that you get in one room, really collaborating, coming up with ideas, brainstorming. I mean, it's just different. So you've got that challenge. It's so also. different. Yeah. yeah. So different. Um, and I think that's another reason I'm just really excited about the transition is we're going to all be in the same space. There's mm-hmm. something really nice about having a question that's going to take 30 seconds to answer, walking over to someone's desk. Hey, can I bug you for a minute? What do you think about this? Great. I'm on to my, you know, I've solved it. I'm on to the next thing instead of three or four emails back and forth and not sure what their schedules are because you're right. Employees are different than contractors. And I, I don't dissuade um, working with freelancers or working with contractors. I think there's, there's so much opportunity to work remotely and be, you know, wherever you want to be in the world. I mean, that's some of what I'm having a hard time giving up. <laughs> yeah. Like I can be anywhere. Um, but at the same time, having a team that it, even if you can meet in person every once in a while, it's so worth it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think and, some of those things. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say about project management for any of your listeners who are working on, you know, systems to put in place for the team's project management. One thing I noticed when I was in the agency world is no one was ever happy with the project management tool chosen, right? So you go through three of them, you implement systems, you give it three months, and then start over again. And finally, at one point, you just have to say, this is what we're using because as a project manager or, or even with the freelancers, no one is ever going to be happy. And you're right. You're constantly trying to make sure that everybody has what they need to do their job. But (laughs) a little tip, no one will ever love all of it. So, you know, or excuse me, not everybody will love the one system chosen. So you just kind of have to. I've learned that too. Put a stake in the ground. Yeah. And, and part of that is, you know, being, if you're managing the project, it's your, it's your call. You know, I want to kind of go back to what you mentioned about the reaction that your mom had. I know that we're getting personal here, but it is, did you have an entrepreneurial family? Is anyone else in your, in your family an entrepreneur? Yes. Okay. Yes. Only one, my dad. Okay. okay. Well, my dad's whole side of the family really, but. Nice. So I don't in, in my family and I constantly feel like I, they love me, they support me, but they like really don't get it, right? I get those questions a lot, you know, when I'm, if, if I've had a hard day and my mom's asking me about my day and I talk to her almost every day, I just avoid the details of the business stuff altogether because <laughs> she's looking at me like, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> you know, like, I don't yeah. really get it. And I, I do think it is, so interesting that there are so many other things that we go through in life, whether it's relationships or becoming a parent or adopting a dog or moving or whatever, where you can like lean on mom or lean on your best friends or call them. And they're like, I get it. Entrepreneurship is so lonely in that it's not that way. Like people just cannot understand what your day-to-day looks like, what the thoughts that are swirling through your brain feel like at all times, unless they've done it. I just truly believe that the people that end up becoming like your best friends or kind of like your, your pack are people that are in the same crazy cycle. 
Agree. And actually, I don't know if it, I don't know if I would have been sane. I don't think I would have lasted this long in entrepreneurship. And I certainly don't know about my sanity level had I not surrounded myself with people like you. And it took work. But, you know, if anybody who's listening right now is thinking about going out on their own and are worried, there are so many free resources. And once you start looking, the amount of people in those resources and those groups are unbelievable. Like they're the ones who give strength to you because you're right. People just don't get it. Like my dad has just retired, but he had his own business his whole life. And when I first told him I was going out on my own, I thought he was going to be excited for me. And he, the disappointed look on his face, he was like, Oh no, (laughs) I, I don't think you, I don't think you want to do that. And I was like, what? Oh yeah, it's going to be great. And he's like, I don't think you know how much work you're getting yourself into. And I was like, oh no, it's going to be great. But I mean, I think if you're passionate enough about the work you do, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think and my mom meant, and she, yeah, her <laughs> now, and she experienced it really firsthand, right. Being like the supporter of yes. an entrepreneurial person. So that's a whole lot. That's a whole well, other role. Well, she, they've been divorced since I was really young. So she didn't okay. see the ups and downs and the economy crashes. My stepmom full on did, but she doesn't get it either. And finally, when I told her I was going out on my own, besides asking if I felt like I was a failure, um, she's like, Oh, thank goodness. I have just been so worried. I mean, you don't even have time to call me. And it's true. Like it would, months would go by. <laughs> And maybe that's my own personal mom issues, not just the workload. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> that's so funny. I, it is, the survival piece is huge. Like to surround yourself with people that understand, support, like those resources, I think it is absolutely paramount. And then I think what you mentioned about not knowing if you have the spirit, that is huge because I think there's a lot of excitement and even maybe like some pressure around like becoming your own like girl boss, you know, like lady boss by yourself doing your thing um, in the digital influencer world, in the blogger world. I mean, there's like people are monetizing things left and right uh, in the different multi-level marketing opportunities. I mean, there's just so many, there's, we just have access. We have instant access to different ways to be your own boss, you know, or make your own money or make your own rules. Now there's, there's really kind of like an endless list of ways you can do that. And marketing those things is, you know, you just pick up your phone and you can start to market some of these things that you have ideas about. And I think, um, and maybe this is another stat that we need to verify, but I think 5% of the population actually have like the entrepreneurial like buzz have you read that no but that's more than I thought it would be yeah I read somewhere that it's like five percent of people should be business owners and the rest are some some type of like support you know um and I have a great friend that I grew up with who works for an amazing agency in Atlanta and she's she's like a big bold personality and we went to lunch and we were talking I was like how's you know how's your job going and she said I love it I am a b person I am not an a person like I 
do not want to be in the spotlight. I don't want to be the face of something, but if I can like do everything behind the scenes to make sure that you are in the spotlight and look good and everything's done. And like, then that's my jam. Like, that's what I love, which was so interesting to me. I wouldn't have thought that, but it was, I think it's very important to be self-aware around that. You know, it's like, where do I thrive? You know, and kind of back to your, like your goal setting exercise. It's like, do I thrive in, you know, a, a structured environment? Do I thrive working from home? I can tell you, no, I do not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like learning these things about <laughs> yourself. Um, it's, it's like paramount, I think to, to your point, like to, to your happiness or to, what success means for you. I think that's a whole, the opposite of failure is like success, right? Well, what does that mean? You know, are you right. trying to grow a million dollar business? Cause I, I wake up at night and think about things like that. Like when is, when will I feel like I've gotten my businesses to a, a place that I meant for them to be, you know, like I, I have goals, right? right? But it's like, do I ever want a huge agency? Do I ever want real estate? Do I ever want like a huge team where I am so far removed from the creative that I'm like at a desk, you know, <laughs> like just, just managing the business piece. And the, and that takes a lot of discovery work because just like the society tells you what failure looks like, they tell you what success looks like. And it's like having a million plus followers and, you know, getting venture capital and like all these things around having a business. And the, the reality is like, that's not the path for everybody. Right. I'm um, Jordan. I'm really glad you brought that up because success really is personal. And we have this idea that success will, we will reach success when we've reached X, Y, Z in other people's minds. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, it's really about, in your core, in your heart, what do you feel is, is successful for you, right? And I mean, right now, top of mind for me is a, a really <laughs> nice 401k. <laughs> like that's success for me, yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Like, okay, one of my goals is making sure I put away so much every single year or, you know, it's in months, chunks in months for the year. So that when I do retire, I am not freaking out and struggling. Like right. that's one of my successful points, right? But really, it's it's hard to let go of what society tells you success to be. And I I love that you bring up, you know, laying awake at night sometimes or thinking to yourself, okay, where do I want this business to go? Because those are really important. Like you're steering the bus now for what it's going to be in five, six, ten years. But I think one of the biggest eye-openers that I've had is that you have to be agile in that space, right? Because it'll never be whatever you envision the success for five years from now, it won't be that. It'll be some morphed version of that, right? And I, I still think back about the conversation I had with a woman a couple of years ago, and she said, I just went out on my own. I, someone said I should grab coffee with you. I, when does it feel like it's right? And I looked at her and I was like, never, like, right. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm doing my thing, but right. there's always the next thing. Like you get into a groove and you feel like you've kind of mastered what you're doing. And then you want to spin it around and, uh, you know, address what you like, what you don't like, where you want it to go. And so I think there's always times when it feels like you're in a good place, 
But then as soon as you get it to be right where you want it, you want it to go someplace else. Yeah. And or, so, or it has you know, to go someplace else or the market changes. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think what that's probably the best advice anyone could ever give anyone that thinks that they want to start a business. Well, two things. One, you know, like I, I, my husband, when he was transitioning out of the military was like all about dirt bikes and motorcycles and maybe I should just open like a bike shop, you know? And I just, this was even, this was, I had just started my business, but I had someone tell me this, um, before I started my business. And, and that is, do you love working on bikes? Because the percentage of time that you are going to be working on the bikes versus the percentage of time that you're going to be managing business stuff, it kind of, it kind of can ruin that for you, right? Like you have to also enjoy running a business. If you want to start a business, you have to also enjoy that, right? Because like the fixing the bikes, that's great. But how do you get the bikes there? What happens uh, when you need to order parts, how do you manage schedules? Do you need employees? Do you, you know, all these things, right. Mm -hmm. That are just part of the business, but all the hats you have to wear, as you mentioned. So I think that's really important is like to really analyze and envision like the thing that you love and to say, does that, do I love this so much that I want to be able to manage a business around it? And then the other piece Mm -hmm. of that is that the lessons never stop. Um, I was like really fortunate to have somebody give me advice around learning lessons in your business. And like, yes, the percentages of businesses that fail within the first two years and all of that, it is like a constant climbing of the mountain, right? And you're like finding a new path and you're having a new obstacle. Sorry, (laughs) my dog's in here because I'm podcasting from home today, folks. Um, So it's just, it's just wild and crazy to me, like all the things that I have learned in the short time that I've had a business and how much my business has changed from the beginning and how I know that it's going to continue to do that. You know, like six months ago, we came up with like this great new process. We started using monday.com, which I'm like obsessed with visually. It's just like super simple. Love it. Let's me know what needs to be done and when, and it works for like the creatives that we work with. They love it. And already we're like, oh, we missed XYZ or, oh, we need to change XYZ or, oh, we need to create a new template for a project management board that looks like this. And, oh, we totally, you know, we need to add this group of things. I mean, it's just constant, like working on the business versus in the business. I mean, literally constant. So it's such a good point. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you were saying about um, learning new things. I think that's really important and you didn't quite say it that way, but for anybody in a business, you know, or those thinking about starting one, I think, I think it's a valuable quality to have an aptitude to want to learn to, and to take it a next level up and problem solve because there you, there's no way any one human being could know everything they need to know to run a business. And so it, right. It's reaching out to people and asking questions. It's doing research. It's, it's looking at, okay, holy shit, this does not work, but what is the solution? And I think that's the biggest thing that I find that I ask even with teams, but, you know, on the, with the Beautifully Equipped podcast, with the teams that I have worked with on marketing and for my own business, I was constantly like, okay, what is the solution? Instead of getting bogged down with, ooh, this just doesn't work. Wah, wah. We can't do this. We can't do that. Once you tell, you tell yourself can't, 
then your brain shuts it down, right? So it's instead of, okay, what's the solution? And I think anybody who wants to learn and can think about problem solving in that way, it's going to immensely help them reach, you know, where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the point that you made earlier about, um, a 401k, that sounds awesome. I think, um, (laughs) (laughs) I think there are people, it's almost like a spectrum of entrepreneurial spirit, right? And I think it depends on the phase in your life, where you're located, what you love doing, because I think about that a lot too. And like, I'm really grateful and thankful and lucky that I have a spouse that has a really great career in a medical field that offers us a lot of those benefits that we need. Right. But I'm also like, you know, feminist in that I want to be able to take care of me no matter what, like, I don't anticipate not being with my husband, but God forbid, if anything ever happens, like I want to be okay on my own. So in my business, when I have my own investment accounts and my own 401k, like all of those things that I'm trying to build, it's, peace of mind to me, but I know that I also have this foundation and this like backup, you know, net that can catch us because he does not work for himself. I have girlfriends that are, that are single and that are, that don't have a partner or, or a spouse or, um, that type of kind of safety net. And I am like beyond impressed with those women because the risk right, that you're taking when you're starting your own business in that place is totally different. And you were an entrepreneur as a single woman first, right? Actually, I wasn't. Um, Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And my husband has his own business. Okay. And so, so we're both, you know, for the last, well, he's, he's been on his own for years and years. Um, But he did give me Without the safety net, we're, we're not quite set up with, <laughs> financially, we're just really not that set up. That's why it's on the top of my brain, because I didn't think about how important that was when I was younger, younger. Um, but when I did say to him, okay, I want to go out on my own. What if I fall flat on my face? What if this doesn't work? What if I don't make any money? What? And he was like, we will figure it out. So I think it would be really difficult if someone didn't have my back, you yeah. know? And it was, it was, it was kind of funny. As soon as I decided to go out on my own, he proposed, then we got married. Okay. Then I had, then I had the worst financial year I've had since I was pretty young mm-hmm. because the first year of going out on your own is hard. Right. Yeah. And here in the back of my mind, I'm totally panicking. I'm like, I can't tell him how bad things are. I can't tell him because he just married me. And now what is he going to think that I'm just marrying him so that I can, you know, freeload off of him. And so I kept a lot of financial secrets because I was so terrified. I didn't want him to think that I was just like, okay, now I'm married. You're my, you're my go-to. I don't need to work. I didn't want it to come across that way. Wow. And so, yes. Um, and so I, I do have, I have so much respect for the women that I know that don't have a partner to back them up. And it's not even like, I never ended up asking him for money. I guess in the back of my mind that I just couldn't, that wasn't acceptable. Cause I'm, you know, as you mentioned, I'm independent and I'm pretty darn stubborn. Um, but I had this like emotional 
stability and that, okay, if it really gets bad, he's here. But I do know so many women who are single and who do do it on their own. And holy cow, the respect I have for them. Again, another reason to find your people who are those entrepreneur spirits that can get you through when it's tough. Yeah. I feel like we could have a whole whole episode on, you know, relationships within the entrepreneur world. (laughs) I mean, it's like wild. That's funny you say that. I um, did not really share the financial state of my business until probably uh, six months ago with my husband. Mm -hmm. I just didn't, you know, there's a couple pieces to that puzzle. You know, one is, um, the first year of your business, you, even if you think you don't have overhead, you do. Even if you're like working from home and you're offering a service and you still have overhead, you have, you know, there's certain subscriptions, you have a website, you have a domain, you have email. You, I mean, there are things, you have a cell phone, you have <laughs> internet, like there, I, and, and I just had totaled up all of my subscriptions, um, last year, eight grand eight grand I spent on subscriptions in 2018. And that blew my mind. I just, you don't think about it when you, it's like dollars and cents. It's like $10 a month for this and $29.99 for Adobe and you know, all these things that you pay monthly or or even annually. And then totaling it for the year is $8,000. You know I mean? It's just crazy. Like you don't even consider those things. So it's like, okay, to, to start off on a solid foundation, you, you should have a little cash cow that you can dip into. Right. And then it's like also paying yourself and supporting yourself. And most businesses don't make money in the first few years, even if it's like a a solopreneur service business. I mean, there's a lot that you have to pay for. And I remember not really wanting to like hear it, I guess, from him on that, on the things that I needed to buy. And so I just like, this is my domain. It's separation of church and state. You know, we're going to like keep this ball rolling. And then we moved to Montana and the starting over thing happened. Right. And it was even more expensive to start over and join all these networking groups and advertise in Bozeman Magazine, all these things to create a new community and and a new client base and book of business. Um, and then I, when we moved to North Carolina, um, I started working out of this co-working space, which has been life-changing. And there's these consultants that are around all the time. And I have, I have like my, my little like board of directors of like, I call them like my old white dudes, you know, who are like, <laughs> really, they've like succeeded in business already. And, uh, they just give it to me straight. I always tell them like, I'm not going to cry, you know, like, just tell me what I need to do. And, um, uh, having them around has been huge for my business. And it's also helped me communicate the financial state of my business to my spouse in a very different way and not get, defensive or emotional about it because I feel like I'm like protecting the decisions that I've made or uh, now I can speak to it in a way that's, you know, basically says, this is the budget for my year. And just so you know, like when you see revenue, that's not my revenue. That's the business revenue. And we've had to have that whole right. discussion. We've had to say, you know, oh, the business is making a hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's not, that's not my money. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't take that home. So all of those things are, are other like factors that I think can add to 
um, your success. But I think like one of the coolest takeaways to like bring back full circle is the communication piece um, and being able to really speak to yourself and be self-aware about what success means to you and what you need. And then surrounding yourself with those people that are going to help you do that. And then to communicate about the hard parts of business, whether it's through conversations on a podcast or with partners that you work with or with other business owners, or for you now, this team of people that you're going to be working with. And I think it's, it's huge uh, for you to be able to, to make that transition. I'm personally, I'm really, really excited. And I, I can't wait to like check in in six months and see if you're feeling like super refreshed, you know, just from like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I hope, that's, I hope that's the case. There is a, there, there have been a few oh shit moments in the last couple of weeks as I decided, like I had this overwhelming, <gasps> I have a J-O-B. Oh, and not like I didn't for the last four years, but it's just different circumstances. But I, I like that you brought that back to success when you were talking about money and, and what that looks like, because that's exactly what stopped me from telling my husband about, I mean, I kept, I kept up, you're right. Like up until really recently, I didn't openly talk about where the business was at because it hadn't, it wasn't acceptable to me and my version of success. And therefore I couldn't talk about it to anybody because I was feeling a little ashamed in the first couple of years. Like, yeah. Ooh, I'm not, what am I doing wrong? I'm not out there generating business or I'm not, what's the, what's my wrong thing that, that I'm not generating revenue. And so any of those listeners out there, don't beat yourself up about that part. Cause it, sometimes it just takes some time. Totally takes time. A hundred percent. It takes time. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I think Carrie V does say really, really well is just be prepared to be punched in the face, in the gut, in the knee, and you know, like when you're starting <laughs> something and, you know, I think like sometimes I have a tendency to be a, a pessimistic realist, but I like to prepare for the punches. Like if I know that the punch is coming for the face, like I'll tense up a little bit, you know, or at least like put my dude up. <laughs> so I am constantly thinking of like, this could go wrong. This is how I need to prepare for this. This could go wrong. This is how I need to prepare for this. And for me, that's like the way that I control like the failure that could come, you know, it's like, these are the, mm -hmm. the variables that I can control and you better damn well believe I'm gonna like be a psycho control freak <laughs> about controlling all of those variables but yeah the revenue coming in yeah. you can't you can control that right to a point but like you said it's a marathon like it is not a sprint mm -hmm. and it, it's such a learning experience you know and then mm -hmm. saying no to the things that are not a good fit you know that are going to absorb your time and energy when you're in that place where you need revenue, like that's, it's, it sounds crazy. It's almost counterintuitive. I, speaking of mom conversations, I remember the first client that I kind of referred out to somebody else because it just was not going to be a good fit. Um, and I was telling my mom about it and she just looked at me, her eyes were like squinting and I could tell she had like this deep thinking face on. She was so confused. And she was like, why would you say no? Why would you turn a client away? And it was so interesting to me because I was just like, wow, um, yeah, it does sound insane because I need money right now. So why would I say no to this client? But it was just not, there. nothing that we could have done would have made that client happy and it would have been 
that we didn't, they didn't need what we offered. They needed what somebody else offered. Right. So it's like, why, which, why would you do it? Yeah. Well, which goes right back to like what success means to you aside from money as well. And that's a really hard one when revenue is not coming in or money is tight or you're like, holy shit, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Which happens, right? Yeah. Like, where am I going to, where am I going to come up with the money for the bills this month? Um, and being okay with saying no is, it's really hard. It took me a few years and I finally, I just had to go through the shit enough times where you just start to see the signs and you learn how to say no. But one of the things that I do want to say is entrepreneurship is not bad. I know we've been talking about the struggles <laughs> of it, but there, there are, there are so many rewards to it too. Yeah. There are. And, and I think, I mean, we're not going to beat around the bush. It's not easy. Right. But, and we haven't obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but there are rewards too. And I, I don't want my example of putting an end to this part of my career to make people think like it's a horrible, horrible thing. It's just right now. It's, it's not for me. Yeah. You know, it's the, I mean, and, and I'm still doing the podcast. So in some ways I'm still in that entrepreneurial world. You get world. to check that box. I'm building yeah. a business. Yeah. You get to yeah, like, get I get creative. to check the box. Yeah. But not, but I just don't do it full time anymore, you know? So, um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think if we were to summarize this conversation and, and really think about what all of it means is that it's success is so subjective to who you are and follow your heart and your path and align yourself with the people that support you in that. Yeah. And ignore everyone else. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, have, have people that know you, love you, trust you, support you that you can talk to about those decisions. I think that's really important, you know, um, to have at least one person that you can look at and lean on and say, I'm thinking about making a change. I'm thinking about pivoting. You know, I think it's, I think it's huge. And I, and I agree with you. I do think that it is, I don't have children, but I, I could compare it to, you know, my, my friends that are moms and they just say like, you know, being a mom is the hardest and most rewarding thing I've ever done. And I think like oftentimes when you're starting a business, it does feel like you're like birthing this thing and nurturing it and trying to keep it alive. And I, I would agree that it's the same. I mean, it is the days that are, that are hard and I come home and I cry and I need wine and a bath, you know, th those are hard days, but the days that all of the hard work is paying off and I'm succeeding and I'm hitting my revenue goals and like things are happening and I have, I'm getting a lineup of really amazing clients that I love to work with that are exactly my target. Like those are the days that you, you feel like Rocky, like running up the stairs with your arms up, you know, like those, those are the days where you're like, I am killing it. You know, like this is yes. Yes. so rewarding, you know, and that there's and no beating that feeling. No. And they, and when it happens, you know, like it's, you just want to go, damn, this is a good day. Like let's put <laughs> this one down in the books. Like, yeah, just it all aligns. Which, yeah. I mean, I think in life there aren't enough of those days. And so um, those, those days make it all worth it no matter what you're doing. And you really do feel like Rocky. Da -na -na, yeah. Da -na -na. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, well, and yeah, I, I would also agree that I think, the a huge takeaway is that like ch change doesn't necessarily mean that you failed, you know, and, yeah. and, and doing something different 
then what you thought you would do doesn't mean that you failed. I mean, I think about how different I am today than I was 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, you know, I mean, life experiences have, have given me like a totally different perspective, you know, and if you would have asked me 10 years ago, what I would be doing today, I would not have said that I would be on a podcast with you launching a community and running a branding firm. Like there's just no, that was not even on my radar at no nope. who I was at that time. And so right. I'm, ex- I'm excited for the new chapter. And I think the cool part is too, that like, I, I know the company that you're going to be working with. Right. And I, I love them. They're so creative and they're, it's still a relatively small team and the impact that you're going to have is going to fulfill you. I think in the ways that running a business does, but you have this team of people that are really like running that race with you, you know? So I think you'll, you'll have the opportunity to just get your, get your hands dirty still. Um, with a little bit more of that structure and who knows, maybe you'll like go home at five o'clock and not continue to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is that? that right. Like? Tell, That's me. The, Tell me when that I know. Well, I don't know how it is. <laughs> I, I know. I don't really know if I know what that. I'm excited for the vision of it. If I can let it happen. Right. Uh, like, I'm also a workaholic. So yes, share that with I entrepreneurship. And of course, of course I was driving myself a little crazy. But. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jen, I feel like I could talk to you forever. This, this is a good one. It's already over an hour. So, um, break it up into chunks listeners. If, if you're, if you're driving or you have a long, a long road ahead, but, um, yeah, I am so just thankful for who you are and your honesty and your authenticity and for sharing this transition with us. Um, obviously everyone needs to check you out at beautifully equipped. Can you tell them where to find you and what to look for? Because beautifully equipped is not just a podcast. You guys have a lot of really amazing resources. Well, thank you, Jordan. Um, yes. If listeners are curious, you can check us out at beautifully Um, on Facebook, we're beautifully equipped community. Very important. That community piece, uh, long story there and beautifully equipped on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, please check us out. We have all kinds of information about growing and changing and transitions and all kinds of stuff. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. I Please check the podcast out, y'all. It's like definitely one of my go-tos. It's in my top 10 and it's definitely, it's a really inspiring one to put in the background if you're if you're stuck in, in an office or you're working from home like I am today, I can't wait to get back in the office. This holiday lull is um, killing me. So thanks again for your time. I, we absolutely loved having you. And um, stay tuned for all the beautifully equipped girls in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you loved this podcast, if you loved the real talk that you're getting, then you will absolutely want to check out SheWolf Collaborative. You can find it at SheWolf.co. That's S-H-E-W-O-L-F dot C-O. And you can learn more about this ecosystem of women in business that are go-getters. They have grit, they have gumption, and they are giving back to one another. And we're growing together. It's a lot of G's, a lot of alliteration, but we like it because we're in branding. So check out SheWolf Collaborative. You can also find us on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter at SheWolf Collaborative.